Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to DraftKings Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo and Golick. Mike Golick Jr., Mike Golick Sr., and Jesse Cofield back from the holiday break here uh, at the DraftKings Network. You can always, as always, download, subscribe, rate, review us, leave us a five-star rating, and check us out here live Monday through Friday, 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern on that DraftKings Network, Samsung TV+, Plus, Roku, the DraftKings YouTube page, and more. We got a great show for you guys today. As always, make sure you do those things for us. Nate Tice from The Athletic going to join us to break down some quarterbacks. Michael Penix Jr.'s draft stock soaring after an incredible performance in the Sugar Bowl. What we've got going on in the NFL is we've got some hard decisions down the stretch being made about quarterbacks, affirmations by the Cardinals and Kyler Murray, questions about what's going to go on in Chicago. But we've got the answer that everybody needs here right now because it's Wednesday, it's 2024. New Year, same old us. Charlotte Wilder back in the building to start off the new year. Co-host of Oddball with Amin L. Hassan and back with us for another Wilder Wednesday. Char, what's going on, bud? Let's go. Wow. I feel like I could run through a wall after that intro. Um, I, how are you guys? I'm just thrilled to be back here with your beautiful shining faces on this on this Wednesday. The the week after the holidays, reentry can be tough, but this, I can't think of, of a better way to, to get back into it. So I, I'm, I'm wondering with the two of you, because you guys weren't here when we first got back, were you, do you guys, have you made it up till midnight on New Year's Eve? That's, you know, it's like my generation is like, we're past it, but we're finding out that like our kids too, they don't care about staying up until midnight. And it's not, and I grew up thinking, you know, you go out on New Year's Eve, but it turns out to be like one of the most overrated things there is when you think you're missing something and you're not. So Charlotte, I'll start with you. Do, do are you, you guys up partying at midnight? 
no, I no, I was hanging out with my cousin and his. I mean, my family, my cousin, his three kids, um, and his daughter, who's almost seven, was like, "I want to stay up till midnight." And my cousin was like, "The staying up for midnight hours are, I mean, ages are the age of sixteen to thirty-six." And I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Definitely whoa, not thirty-six." Whoa. I was like, no. thirty-six is way <laughs> too high." And my cousin was like. Okay, 16 to 36 if you make bad decisions on both ends. And I was like, <laughs> 32 is the right, max. I'm out. Let's go to bed. Uh, welcome the new year. Well rested is what I would say. Yeah, I wish everyone could have seen the faces that Jesse was making off camera yeah. when dad mentioned that to Charlotte there as if it were the most antithetical thing. Now, granted, Jesse, uh, you know, you are... You know, a mother of a child and soon to be the mother of you know, another child. So it's kind of a difficult prospect to even think. Yeah. About. Yeah. I feel like this actually like I need to like I need to like show like I'm very pregnant. Like there's a baby in here, you know, and <laughs> there's a lot. There's a baby. I'm pregnant. Um, I'm due in February. And even if I wasn't pregnant, though, for I, I can't remember the last time I stayed up till midnight. You know what my mom used to say to me when I was in high school? She used to say, nothing good happens after midnight. Yeah. And I used to say, that's a lie. And you know what? She was right. Nothing <laughs> yep. good happens after midnight. And all you are is tired. And my in-laws throw a New Year's Eve party at their house in Florida every year. And I leave I Irish goodbye that party every year at about 10 p.m. And that's what I did. It, it is amazing how quickly after college you get out of college that you realize staying out late uh, is is not the way and I wish I could go back and start a trend in college that we actually went out to the bars at eight o'clock and and they like closed at midnight and you were done you know because you sat there everybody sat in their dorm room we would sit there and play records and and pregame until mm -hmm. like 11 o'clock yep. and, and I think back on that I'm like god this is that was awful you didn't go no, out until no, no. 11 o'clock Records, yeah, playing yes, records Mike, is records. A, yeah. We've records. gone full circle where now that's what cool kids do again, <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure. Um, I No, you know what? I had this realization the other day. I was like, I can't imagine wanting to go out just like in general. Like I'll like love going to dinner, but like the thought of going to a packed place with music and a lot of people very late. I'm like, I don't remember what it felt like to want to do that, but I'm so glad that I know at one point in my life, I did want to do that. I'm very glad I did it. And that's just how life goes. You did the right thing. You went out, you lived your life, Gullick Sr. And here we are doing well, a morning I mean, listen, I, I, I I, I was out last night, me and, and Chris were out with friends that we knew here, one being a former teammate of mine in Philadelphia, Jeff Eagles, and his wife, Michelle, who we've known forever, and, and other friends. And one of the things we complained about is we went out to dinner at 7 o'clock, and we were all like, oh, my God, you know, this is, this is like we're normally getting ready for bed, and we're getting ready to go out, and it turns out only one person turns out to be my buddy Jeff Eagles who made it at 7 o'clock, and we were all like, why the hell did you make it at 7 o'clock? We were already needed at 5 and be done. So, yeah, I mean, it just – and now I feel worse this morning because I ate at 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock at night. I mean, it's almost embarrassing, quite 6 honestly. It's 6 amazing the, the way that eventually you yeah. start to change and – 
what you hunt in your free time becomes different like to charlotte's point when you're in that sweet spot between 16 and 32 and still making bad decisions you get free time once you're in the workforce and you've got all that going on we're like all right when i get some free time i want to go out it's five o'clock somewhere i want to hit a happy hour i want to see my <laughs> friends i want to do that and then you get to this point now where you're just hunting opportunities to do nothing and see no one jesse and i were talking before the show i live in southern california which means it's nice all the time and when you come from the east coast there's pressure to go outside when it's nice all the time because you feel like oh i can't waste this what a gift what a great thing i woke up this morning and heard rain and the immediate release in my body when i realized oh i don't have to do any of that today was so <laughs> cathartic i couldn't believe it and i mean it, it just seems like that's kind of where we're at now and nice that is treat. so real yeah, treat. people do not understand the pre I, I feel this so intensely and people who are not from the Northeast, like when I go to Miami for for Metal Arc for Levitard, I'm like, if I have any free moment, I'm I, I must be outside. If I'm if I'm not outside, I feel crippling guilt. And people are like, what is wrong with you there? Most of them are from there. And I'm like, I, 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 there is nothing more real than that feeling of being from the East Coast, seeing a beautiful day and being like, if I am not outside, I might not see the sun for another three weeks. It is, <laughs> it is very real. We've got to come up with a name for that. But um, I'm, I'm very glad that you're bringing awareness to this issue, Mike. Thank you so much. Happy to do my part in the new year to bring awareness to Northeasterners who are suffering from so much sun deprivation and seasonal depression that it forces us to make bad decisions when we're away from home. Uh, we're going to admit, I think eventually at some point we need to come up with as a show and particularly this show unit, one of those ins and out lists. I've seen that's been very big on the millennial mm. notepad laden stuff that makes its way to social media where everyone's doing ins and outs for the year and i've seen a lot of them that have included dinner parties in going out out so we've got the foundation we will build on that as we go but in the meantime uh speaking of people that need to be their new selves in the new year jesse let's talk about the david tepper situation because we got a little bit of resolution to that yesterday uh from over the weekend and uh spoiler alert it's gonna leave everyone deeply unsatisfied yeah so i'm gonna talk to you about someone tossing a drink and i'm not giving a real housewives recap okay we're gonna talk <laughs> about the david tepper drink toss situation we all know the story by now. He threw a drink at Jags fans or in the direction of Jaguars fans. <laughs> Caught on video doing it. So we get a statement from him saying, I am deeply passionate about this team and regret my behavior on Sunday. I should have let NFL stadium security handle any issues that arose. I respect the NFL's code of conduct and accept the league's discipline for my behavior. Now this comes out after we find out that he was fined $300,000 um, for his misconduct, as we will call it. Guys, I just want to point out that David Tepper is the second richest NFL owner. I think his net worth is north of $20 billion. So $300,000 fine, you know, that's like for us when we get like a little parking ticket and get a little parking ticket outside and you're just like, oh man, I should probably pay that, but like maybe I'll leave it and do that thing where then it, it costs twice as much. Like, you know what I mean? Like this is just not making a dent for him. It's point it's one less than one percent of one percent of his overall net worth. I think I saw Mike Florio over at football pro football talk did the math that if you were a person that made a million dollars or was worth a million dollars, this would be roughly the equivalent of a fourteen dollar fine 
for you. So that's what happened to David Tepper in this situation. And uh, Charlotte, we've gotten yet another reminder that men are far too emotional to be leaders. Oh, they're also far too rich. I'm sorry. Nobody should have $20 billion. My dad will sometimes do this thing where he's like, to, to put into context how much a billion dollars is, I think we've all gotten a little numb to it. He'll go, it's not 1 million. It's not 10 million. It's not 15 million. It's not 25 million. It's not 300 million. It's not 440 million. It's not 560 million. And then you go up to the point where it's like, it's not even 950 million. It's a billion. And then you do that 20 times. Like, this is so, we, I, I feel like we've become so numb to the fact that, like, there are these guys mostly guys who own these teams and i think that i've seen stuff on throughout sports media in the last couple of days and people are like well he's got to be a great businessman so he must be smart at something maybe he's just dumb at dealing with people and it's like they're not necessarily he he could have he could be lucky and he could be entitled yeah. and that can get you a long way and so in his apology i think we see even a non-apology it's built in with excuses it's saying sorry i'm passionate sorry i care sorry that fan was being a jerk and i had to put him in his place but i have to make an apology because they find me the equivalent of 14 bucks so here you go and it's just it rings as disingenuous and and as i said before entitled and i think combined with his whole thing a few weeks ago or months ago i don't know time is a social construct when he said that he's a very patient person in business ha. it's like okay Okay, you fired every head coach and then you threw a drink. So maybe you're going to have to start proving it, David. So first off, um, Charlotte, you said nobody should have that much money. I think I could do good with $20 billion, and I'd like to try. Uh, that okay. being said, uh, I'll, I'm sure I'll never get there. Um, but listen, how many times, and we see this all the time, and it doesn't have to be money, but these are guys with money. It, it, it makes you feel like you're smarter than you really are, or a better person than you really are, or have more power than you really have, though you do have a lot of power. This guy, again, bought Carolina in 18. He owned Charlotte FC, I think, from 19 on, and he's fired five head coaches. He has no patience. He's a horrible owner right now. Uh, the way he's, he's running these franchises to never reach their potential when you keep changing and restarting what's going on. And as far as the fine, to try and look up anywhere, there's no, like the, the NFL um, and the union and the CBA has a fine schedule. You can yeah. find out what fines are for leg whipping, for this, for that, and put an amount to it. And if you do it a couple times, it adds up. But there's really nothing in there for owners if you find out what a max is. And we know a max of like $60 million for Daniel Snyder in that investigation in Washington, five hundred grand for a, a, a Jim Irsay for driving under the influence. So it's all over the place. So I... I and, and we have to remember, you're fining people that are your bosses, right? I mean, the NFL right. is fining someone who is their boss. So while you want to, while you want to be stern, you want to be careful as well, because at the end of the day, that's one of the one of 32 or 31 bosses with with Green Bay being publicly owned. So I have a couple of things here. First and foremost, on that front, to the point of the power dynamics at play here. Was I the only one that was a little bit worried for the person who released this video when this all started to happen? 
like the kind of man that would throw a drink on a bunch of fans very clearly in public and not worry all that much about it doesn't seem like the kind of person I would want to be linked to with my name in public for releasing this video and yet it's like I'm not even going to say the name it's on the ESPN.com article but like I'm not comfortable putting this person's business out there any more than that because it seems like they might not like be having a good time soon there could be a weird future in store there but <laughs> dad to your point about the NFL this is interesting to me because this news comes on the same day that as we were digesting what happened in the officiating world with the Detroit and Dallas game over the weekend where you had the reporting issue where the NFL decides to gaslight the Detroit Lions by putting out a video reminding players that it's their responsibility to report correctly and making no mention of the official's role in getting the damn thing right when it's explained yeah. to you like a baby before the game and then clearly <laughs> happens the way you dictated during the game there and so I look at this from the standpoint of everyone wondering where accountability would be for the league and if you are part of the ownership class that means you're Roger Goodell's boss or part of the officiating class that they feel the need to overly protect it doesn't seem like much is going to happen because that same officiating crew is getting ready to call a damn game on national tv again yep. with the Monday night football crew in the Steelers game I yes I think that's the answer yeah like you know what like it feels like there's a a you know, maybe maybe what the NFL needs is a good old system of checks and balances, which I think I learned about in sixth grade. Um, yeah, but yeah. I, I can't help but feel like this is the when I saw the, the David Tepper video, he throws the drink and the thought that immediately came to head. I was like, this is his let them eat cake moment. This is like this is Marie Antoinette sitting in her beautiful, gorgeous bedroom being like, I don't care what happens to the poor people. Like, it is so funny to me that it is so blatant that I think that's a, that's the branding that I want to put on this. David Tapper. No, here's here it is. Ready? We can get a graphic for this at some point for social. Right. Let them eat cake. Marie Antoinette. David Tepper. Charlotte Wilder. So, yes. There we go. So I, I, Please, God, I, I, make this happen for my friend Charlotte, Dad. I, and I, and I, so I, I guess the, a question would be, what what do you find them? Listen, we've seen fans get banned for life from stadiums for doing, right. you know, things against one another, or certainly if they <laughs> did something against a player. We see, you know, they're they're basically done. Uh, so I I honestly don't know what. What you, now, because you have to look at other fines, maybe that other owners give. There isn't a president for throwing a drink on a, on a fan, but you have to look at other fines around there. So, and then as we said, you know, and, and to your point, Charlotte, there are no checks and balances, and, and there won't be checks. This business has been running like this for a while. It's the most successful sport in America, and it makes a ton of money for everybody, most importantly to the owners, the owners. So it is not going to change to checks and balances at all. So I don't know, Mike, if there is some kind of like a fine structure for players. There's, there's not going to be one for owners. It's always going to be, well, we're going to look at how dire the situation is or how bad you were at what you did. I mean, you almost couldn't find Daniel Snyder enough, you know, for the, the direct that was going on in Washington. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm not sure where you pull a number from. Well, and, and like, I want to be clear, right? Like, we understand there's levels to this. Like, I, yeah. I I saw some article bring up Daniel Snyder's game and name, and it's like, for all the, you know, misgivings he had with fans, he never did this. I'm like, he did a lot of other really bad stuff. So yeah. He worked in his building. We probably, yeah. we don't need to walk I'd down the line. i rather throw a drink on a fan. His, his, <laughs> 
his bona fides are pretty strong when it comes to being terrible publicly and privately so we can go and set that one aside but i i would say this dad because you're right in that this is always the game that we get to when it comes to players and things that happen is like all right what is punitive enough and we have this sliding scale and right. dan levitard talked about this forever how difficult that is in football in pro sports in particular where you're using suspension amounts for games as a means to judge both on-field transgressions and off-field transgressions in a way that does not always feel very good when you see those hold up to the light it's like what would be enough here i don't know what would be enough and knowing that they took a big enough bite out of this guy's pockets to satisfy the rest of us is always going to be something that's probably never going to seem like enough but i guess it's still like uh you know it's the court definition of porn you know it when you see it type thing we all look at this and go yeah this isn't deterring any behavior and when you think about it through that lens it's like well yeah that means they don't care enough about this not happening anymore and that signaling to me charlotte is the troubling part well, I don't know that there's anything you could do to deter the yeah, behavior. No. And I think that's the problem. I don't think you could you could find this right. guy a billion dollars and I don't yep. think it deters his behavior. And I think that that is something that's sort of a bigger societal problem. I don't know that the NFL is going to be the one to fix that. But you're right that there is in, in a business like this that rakes in so much money. There's not a whole lot you can do. I think. I think one thing we are not talking enough about is how funny it looked when he threw the drink. He looked like a mad baby. So that's, <laughs> that's what I'm going to end this segment on. And he wasted I, a drink. I still will go, I still will go back to, yes, he, he wasted a drink and just well, how mostly like, ice. resigned to their fate everyone else in that room saw looked. As soon as it happened, there was no flinch. The Jacksonville fan is up chirping through the door, and the guy next to David Tepper is just going, oh, boy. Well, <laughs> we got to start cleaning this up, bud. <laughs> All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister U.S., White Plains, New York. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. The college football national championship is set. Okay, going to be Michigan and Washington facing off on January 8th. Cannot wait. Guys, also, this was our last iteration, obviously, of the 14 playoff before the field expands to 12 for the 2024 season. So let's talk about this game. As of now, 66% of money line bets are on the Huskies. 71% of bets are on the total to go over 55 and a half. So Michigan, Washington, what do we think? Let's just get our opinions on this game to start us off. 
So I think the opinions on this game are uh, it's going to be really well watched based off what we saw already is the return for the semifinal games. And all of this is exactly why the Super Conference is inevitable. It's why we've gotten conference realignment to the standpoint that we have anyway. Uh, ESPN says 27.2 million viewers watch Michigan versus Alabama. That is the largest college football audience since the 2018 title. It is the top non-NFL sporting event on TV since 2018 and a top 10 cable viewer viewership ever so all of those things are exactly why people that make the decisions about this sport looked and said hey wait we can get more of these helmet games all the time and people are just going to watch like this not the people that go out and tailgate not the people that grew up loving regional rivalries but just the normal people are going to tune in and watch for this yeah we'll sign up for that so charlotte that was kind of my big reminder at the end of all this is as much as we all whined and wailed and gnashed our teeth about what happened to Florida State and the state of competition and how we choose the playoff, they chose the best TV games and it worked out well for them. Yeah, that was mostly my thought watching these games. You know, watching Alabama, Michigan, I was like, well, this is a pretty good game. It goes to overtime and it starts to look real hard to be like, oh, well, the team that lost to Georgia by a million, what was it, 60 points? And I understand that that was with opt-out players, blah, 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 for FSU. But I, I thought at the time when the decision was made, and this I don't think was a popular thing to say, I was like, I get it. I understand why you would want Alabama going up against Michigan. And then I understand why you'd want Texas going up against Washington. And I, I was... I honestly was sort of glad that it panned out. I was glad that they were good games. I was glad they were close. Um, I think something... I have felt personally is a strange fondness for Texas, which I don't know if that's a if that's a countrywide sentiment you're going to hear a lot. But um, I was at, you know, I, when I was doing the college football stuff, I was at Texas multiple times starting in 2021, which I would say is sort of when things started to seem like we got to a point where you could actually start measuring the is Texas back meter. Um, which is my favorite meter in all of sports. Um, and I think there were times where, you know, the the dial started ticking towards, oh, maybe it's back. And then watching watching the game uh, over the weekend, I was like, oh, OK, they, even even though they lost, I'm pretty sure Texas is back now. Right. Like that. We can say Texas is back, can't we? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah we Texas, can say Texas is, very is back. back. Quinn Ewers Great. is coming back again. So we get another, you know, the Arch Manning watch. You know what's going on there again, but I, I, I listen. I I will forever say Florida State got screwed. They should have got the chance. You saw a bunch of their players chirping after Bama lost, and I don't blame them at all uh, because they they feel they got wronged. I feel they got wronged. That defense could have could have been right there with any of those teams in the Final Four. But you know, so so I don't mind what they were saying. I think these were great games. Listen, we, we talked about this the other day, Mike. The first eight years, there was at least one, if not two, blowouts in the semifinals. And then last year, we had, I think, one-score games, and this year it was fantastic. I mean, overtime in one and down to the last play in the other. So from that standpoint, you got great competitive games, and that's what you're looking for in this one. I, I, I agree with Michigan being favored. I have already said I'm picking Washington in this game to win, not just to cover. They're four-and-a-half point dogs at this point the over under is 55 I think one thing that might surprise people Mike is when you read that Washington scores 37 points a game you're not shocked at all Michigan averages 36 points a game I and I, I didn't think well, that they and now they played a lot of dogs but I'll yeah, say I was gonna say you know, they played they, the sisters <clears throat> poor largely but 
they put up 30 against Ohio State. They put up, you know, it was 24 against Penn State. So it was a, a lot of bad teams that made that number look higher than it is. And one of the reasons early on, and we have plenty of time to break this game down, is I think no matter where we are in the game, um, Washington always has a chance to get back in it because they can strike in one play. You know, where, where Michigan, I don't think, can do it like that. Though we'll see, because you think of them more as that running team with Blake Corm and that offensive line and just a stifling, stifling defense, which I absolutely love to watch. So to me, that's the side of the ball that intrigues me the most is this Michigan defense, which just ate up Jalen Milrow on that offensive line of Alabama or what they're going to do against Washington, trying to get to Michael Penix, who does just a nice job of just sliding in a pocket and finding one of his stud receivers downfield. Washington is far and away the most grown-up offense Michigan will have faced. I Without don't think question. it's even particularly close yep. because of all the things they do. Like Their offensive line won the award. The Joe Moore Award yep. that's given to the best offensive line unit went to the Washington Huskies, deservedly, because they do all the things that you want to see an offensive line do. They also happen to have a play caller who's going to throw more at you than almost anybody in the country. And so it puts a defense so off balance. And it's a kitchen sink battle. Jesse Minter, the defensive coordinator of Michigan, and Ryan Grubb, the offensive coordinator for Washington. Popcornready.gif. It is going to be honestly masterful we'll be able to spend hours and hours talking about this but i want to go back to something dad that you said about florida state because i don't know if i was the only one that had this reaction i don't know if this is you know if this is me starting to age or what but the one thing in the lead up because you're right i understood the florida state players to some extent especially yes. the ones that didn't even play in the bowl game tweeting about what they saw there i saw plenty of other people bud elliott who does a great job with the noel cast cover three pot over at cbs talking about how Alabama's performance what we saw in the Rose Bowl there while compelling as a game did not seem something like something that Florida State couldn't have done in the form that we saw them at the end of the regular season I thought it was idiotic that people were trying to use the Orange Bowl as a means to render Florida oh, State's argument for the boy. college football playoff a moot point that's dumb using the outcome of a game with almost an entirely different team out there not helpful in that prospect process so I, I didn't agree with that but I also thought along the way in the lead up to that game dad I understand they were going to be asked about that question a lot I felt like I heard way too much still about the CFP from Mike Norvell and from Florida State in the lead up to that game like at some point I and this is just me I I, I had you know I don't have a piece together timeline I have the feelings that I felt along the way it was just like at some point you needed to turn the page a bit because while the 60 you know the 60 point eyesore that that game was that Kirby Smart talked about is emblematic of a lot of things bigger than Florida State and college football it was still I'd imagine deeply embarrassing to be a part yeah. of and when it seems like the constant lead up to that game was just a focus on what happened and what was wrong it's like at some point I felt like that needed to be the job of other people and everyone inside at least had to fake going through the motions of turning the page i i i while i understand what you're saying i think that because this has never ever 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 someone says that in a song right how about that <laughs> <laughs> um it's never happened before so i get it you know when they'll turn the page when this season is over and, and I understand that, Charlotte. I understand because it's going to hang with them while this particular season of where I feel they got screwed is over, and then they'll turn the page.
I understand it from an emotional standpoint and from a what feels like what justice is for Florida State standpoint, but I think at a certain point they do need to start thinking about the PR standpoint. And what Mike said, people are going to get sick of it and people are going to stop being sympathetic when they hear it too much from that team. And that's when you let other people take your case for you. So I don't think it's even so much of a, you know, should they be saying these things? Should they not? It, it, to me, it's more of what's going to be, if I'm Florida State, I'm thinking what's going to be most effective for me as my end game of having people still on my side. So I guess that's where that's where I see what you're saying, Mike. Yeah, I, and listen, I, I, I appreciate Mike Norvell. I have a lot of respect for what he's done and built there at Florida State, and I get what Dad said. This has never happened before. That's a pain that I can't weigh because I haven't had to carry that load. But uh, and now we get on the other side of the whole conversation that's going to happen because of that game about the future of the sport and of bowl season. Coming up next, though, let's have a conversation about the future of Michigan's coach after some interesting quotes post-Rose Bowl. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, Boston fans will feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. back to Gojo and Golik. Let's talk Jim Harbaugh coaching rumors. Okay, so after the Rose Bowl, Bowl win over Alabama, he was reminded that there's a lot of interest in his future. Everybody is wondering. The internet is wondering. He was asked about the possibility the next Monday's title game would be his last at Michigan. He said, my future consists of a happy flight back to Ann Arbor. So according to Adam Schefter, though, Harbaugh would entertain an NFL offer. Here's what Shefty had to say about the situation. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion he's leaving just because he's all ears and open to that idea and he's hired. That's good business. Don Yee. That's good business. Does, doesn't mean he's leaving. Like, it's still, I, again, Pat, it comes back to what I said to you. The NFL still has to want him. It's got to be the right opportunity with the right offer. And if that comes along, all that falls into place. I think he winds up leaving. Okay, guys, so you heard him say Harbaugh's reportedly hired Don Yee, okay? He represents Sean Payton, represented Tom Brady. So what are the chances we think that he's going to the NFL? It sounds like this is a very real possibility. 
Well, you kind of heard Shefty's trepidation. Now, Shefty is a Michigan grad. Obviously, there's that baked into it there. But it's like, yeah, trying to predict what this guy's going to do is impossible. Did you guys see the interview with the Harbaugh parents on the field after the Rose Bowl where it became so evident just like you never needed to do a paternity test there? That is 100% pure, unfiltered Harbaugh directly into your veins there. And Charlotte, it's created a man that, you know, insatiable desire for competition, all that stuff. But... He's also smart, and like you heard that answer in the post game. And while it's fun, and JJ McCarthy's next to him cheering, I'm like JJ. That's the non-answer that he gives when he wants to leave the door yeah. open for leaving, brother. Like I don't know why you're that happy. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you could know what he's going to do. I don't think he knows what he's going to do, and I think it's probably going to come down to money. It's going to come down to what makes sense. If he wins a national championship, sure, why not go try to win a Super Bowl too? You know. His brother did it. Uh, maybe there's a little, maybe there's some Greek myth stuff going on here. Um, but I also, <laughs> I also think that his hiring Don Yee is a big, big sign that this yep. is a very real possibility. And that, when I heard that, because before I was sort of like, well, I don't know, maybe he just want to keep going back to Michigan. He doesn't have to move that way. Um, most of my sports takes, by the way, are based on whether somebody has to move or not, because I think moving is right. the worst. But when I heard the Don Yee part, as someone who has tried to get Don Yee and his clients to comment on things before, which is very, very difficult. I was like, oh, well, okay. He's probably going to go to the NFL because Don Yee does not mess around. And I, I have a hard time seeing him taking him on as a client if it's not going to be like, okay, there's a very real chance we can make some real money here together, I guess, is what I would say. So again, Don Yee, for those that don't know, represents Sean Payton, represented Tom Brady. Uh, as well and and you never give a definitive or rarely would you give a definitive answer even if you're coming back because everything is leveraged remember he hasn't signed that extension yet so even if he were to stay at Michigan to give the illusion that he may leave makes Michigan throw a bigger bag at him I mean and that's fine I have I always say man if you if, when your chance to swing the leverage hammer comes swing it as hard as you can so he can get it on that side get more money at Michigan or he'll get, listen, if he goes to the NFL, and now, as you mentioned, Charlotte, with Don Yee, he's going to get paid. You know, right now, Belichick makes 20, Sean Payton 18, Pete Carroll 15, and McVay 14. He's going to be in that category. I know Ben Johnson, the OC at D Detroit, said he Hell wants yeah. 15 mil to be a head coach. Good luck with that. I know yeah. you'll be a head coach someday, but you ain't starting at 15 mil. At least I don't head think Head coach of the Carolina Panthers, Ben Johnson, $20 million a year. That was, listen, hey, uh, and, and by the way, I hope you get it. I really do. But we know Harbaugh, if he comes in, for those, again, that may have forgotten, he was the head coach of the 49ers, and he did face his brother in the Super Bowl. So he has been successful in the NFL, and he will be right in that range of money of coaches I just talked about. And it also almost feels, Mike, like Pete Carroll-ish, right? He was yeah, suspended I, the first three games of the season, the last three games of the season, and on the horizon is going to be more from the NCAA because that's what the NCAA does. They, they wait and they take their time because they don't do things right, and eventually more is going to come down on Michigan. And we saw Pete Carroll ditch USC before more came down on USC, ditched up to Seattle. So I actually think this time Harbaugh is going to go I don't know if I don't I don't believe it's going to be based on whether he wins the title or not. And then the best place, let, let's be honest. So what, what do we look at? We look at quarterbacks, mainly in ownership, sure. But the Chargers would be the place to go. 
because you got Justin Herbert there sitting there as a former quarterback. You coach quarterbacks. You go there and help that quarterback and help that team. They were a defensive team. Head coach with Brandon Staley. A lot of times when you change coaches, you go oppo. So they go to the offensive side. So that would be the place where they would maybe throw some money at him to go. But, I, Mike, I do think he's going to be gone. I do think it's interesting when you talk to Michigan fans how numb they are to all this because this is what Jim Harbaugh does. Yeah. He's like having a significant other who's very flirty and you're just kind of used to, all right, when you go out, this is kind of how it goes. And I was with Lucy Roden in the parking lot uh, helping her film some stuff for the Levitard show before the Rose Bowl. And one Michigan fan said, he goes, it's like when you've got a significant other that keeps threatening to leave. At some point, you're just like, do it. Just go ahead and do it. If you really think you're going to leave, I dare you. And that seems like kind of the point where Michigan fans are at. Now, they're finally reaping the positive benefits of all this. They've got the house on the hill. They've got the 401k. They're looking and building a beautiful family here, winning the Big Ten every year. But you go through this dance every single offseason with Jim Harbaugh, and at some point it's got to be kind of maddening. So that being said, on the other side, like if you're the Chargers in this and you're weighing – because what are the other what's the other name we've heard for the chargers bill belichick because we're getting ready to come up on what could be his final game in for the new england patriots interpersonally both of those are going to be somewhat of a chore like if you bring bill belichick in it's his way his way tends to be very miserable and monotonous but it got results for 20 years albeit with the right quarterback so maybe you've got something there versus jim harbaugh on the other side who's been largely described as a jackhammer and we've seen at multiple stops along the way sands michigan wear people down into dust and so charlotte that's the other part is i don't know how you if you weigh this if you're the chargers would you rather have the greatest nfl coach of all time potentially trying to stick the dismount off his former lover or go for jim harbaugh who's a little bit more in his prime window of coaching yeah i mean i guess i've never thought of this till now if any quarterback in the nfl could be a tom brady type do your job i actually could see it being justin herbert um i could see that you know he has the freakish athletic ability with what seems like a pretty uh, good ability to also like swallow everything and you know keep calm and and carry on even when it has not been great out there. Um, I personally don't see Bill. I don't know. I can't. I can't. I will not believe that Bill Belichick leaves New England until I see it. That's where I stand. I truly, really, I, I do. Yes, and I don't know why that is not based on any sort of reporting or fact. I've read all the articles. Right. I know everyone says he's going to go. I won't believe it until he's gone. Um, uh, listen, so, I, I, yeah, I understand that. Right? Twenty-four years. I mean, it's 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 tough to think something like that ever ends, but we know it's going to end, and he's going to want to keep coaching because I think he wants to break Don Shula's record. The biggest question for me, Charlotte, is wherever Harbaugh goes, does he take Connor Stallions with him? Because Connor's still hanging around that program, huh? I love this so much. Yes, as, as Nicole Auerbach put on Twitter, a uh, screenshot of Chase Winovich's story, former uh, Michigan player, also former Patriots player, uh, who I spent some time with a few years ago, who is a wild man. Uh, it was one of the funniest interviews I've had the pleasure of doing. And he posted that, So, which to me, Chase is a world-class uh, troll of getting under people's skin, which I, I really respect. Um, also, though, Chase Chase posted um, a picture, of a map of the U.S. where it was like, who's rooting for Washington? Who's rooting for Michigan? 
Michigan, the state of Michigan was the only place that's rooting for Michigan. So he's he's stirring some stuff up here. And I think Connor Stallions is a great choice. Connor being at the game is just a reminder that like this guy, it, I, I want to know. I would love to get somebody, even if it's off the record of what the compensation package is looking like for that dude because you got to imagine especially if they close the deal that guy is a made man for life there is nothing he is going to have to want for inside the confines of the state of michigan for what he has gone and done for the team there so uh i'd have to imagine they are already polishing his potential national championship ring as well if that goes final connor stallion is going to be play where's waldo with connor stallions at the national title do that Welcome back to Gojo and Goal at Charlotte Wilder hanging out with us again. The podcast is Oddball, Her and Amin El-Hassan every day but Monday, wherever you get your podcast, covering everything going on in the NBA. And Charlotte, we all got what we had been waiting for last night. As soon as Victor Wembenyama entered the <laughs> NBA, mm-hmm. we all just looked over at him. We looked over at John Morant sitting on the yeah. shelf, <laughs> and it's like, Instead of the Mike Tyson now kiss meme, it's the now dunk meme. We've all been waiting for the dunk heard around the world, and John Morant did it last night. Was it everything you hoped and dreamed it would be, Charlotte? It was more, actually, Mike. It was more than I dreamed. The The way that Ja ran up, the way he approached the rim, the way that he there, his hang time is incredible. There was an extra little wiggle during it, and then he held onto the rim, and then he was just like, so fired up and I am just this is why I love watching John Morant play basketball everything else aside this man is absolutely electric I don't think we have a lot of other great amazing players but we don't have anyone quite like him and there's a there's a grace to the way he plays like it's it there's a beauty to it that I think is pretty rare actually and I think that combined with the sheer athleticism it takes to dunk over somebody who's seven, who's listed at seven four, but is actually probably seven five, and to make Victor Wembanyama look so small while he also looks so big, makes it that much more impressive. Um, I, I, it, it, it's like I'm not very well versed in Marvel, but it feels like an Ant Man situation, right? Or, or like. Of uh, something that can jump multiple times its own height. Um, I didn't come prepared. Spider Man. Spi- sure. It's whatever. It's, it's I, very spider. It's very Spider Man esque. I would also go Prime Derrick Rose. That's kind of what it feels like, movement yeah. pattern wise and explosiveness yes. wise. But that would, I think, skew Marvel's Spider Man is what can, you're looking for. Can I for. say? Okay, I, I didn't have this? my analogies prepared. I, I, yeah, I apologize, but it was very, <laughs> very cool. I, uh, I'll be the the odd man out here. I was disappointed. And and John Morant, John Morant is a human highlight reel. I forget, you know, they're off the court issues we get. Watching him on the court, I love watching that guy play. And his his I don't know, was it last year or two years ago when he did the one-handed just absolute thunder dunk on somebody? That's what I'm used to him doing. So when he did the smooth sidestep for a little two-hand dunk. You know, on Wembenyama, which was cool. Don't, I do not mean this as a slight to John Morant. He is so built up 
my expectation of yes. the superstar and athlete that he is. I wanted to see that one that one lead arm out and the other hand just tomahawk chopping right over top of the 7-5 Wembenyama. That's what I was expecting to see. So stunningly enough, Mike, I was a little disappointed because of the absolute stud John Morant is in athletic ability on the court victim of his own athleticism like it's like how the chiefs are freaking out about just not being the one seed in the afc but they just won the afc west for the billionth year in a row i'm so used to john morant yeeting his way down the lane with no regard for his own safety and quite honestly it's like watching i used to on friday nights before college football games i would always go in my room on the road with my roommate turn on espn classic and mike tyson's career knockout reel would always be playing on oh. espn classic oh. and it was awesome and you were always more awed if not just as much awed by the punches tyson missed when he would throw uppercuts yeah. with this unbelievable power and that's kind of what jaw's been like like he's got a highlight reel of almost dunks and missed dunked attempts in the lane that are to me as impressive or maybe even a little bit more in the attempt than what we saw with Victor Wembanyama. Even though it's great, he's getting up. I understand that. Like, yeah, I am yes, normalizing yes. things that are inherently abnormal in a way that is wholly irresponsible, Charlotte. And so I need to apologize for that up front, but I actually feel the same as dad. No, no, no. I get it. I get it. I thought his I thought his sidestep was pretty cool. I thought the shimmy in there was pretty cool. I guess I, it also just adds insult to injury for Wembanyama in a year that, you know, he's, he's put up some good numbers along the way, but the Spurs have been very bad. Um, and I think that that also adds a little bit to the situation when you see when, uh, excuse me, not Wemby, although he did dunk in that game. Uh, but when you see Ja dunk on this guy who came in so hyped and has not had maybe, um, he's not going to be rookie of the year, uh, which I guess brings us to the Oklahoma City Thunder and Chet Holmgren and their incredible run they've got going on they beat the celtics congrats uh-huh uh, i don't care ah. um and uh i think that they have taken a lot of people if, you, if you're not sort of clued into the nba i think a lot of people are are, are out here being like wait what the thunder are yeah. the thunder at the top of the nba what what's happening and that's a that's a testament to what they're building down there with that young team and and it's been yeah. really really fun to watch yeah, the Thunder and, and who are just stacking picks for the longest time and building up this incredible arsenal now seem to be turning it loose. This last couple of years has been very interesting to watch that. And you're right. Now we get Chet, who is supposed to be the big, tall, spindly guy before we got the tallest, spindliest man in Victor Wembenyama. And he seems to be doing all those things. So, Charlotte, we will have plenty of time as the weeks go on here in the NBA season to dive into the glory that is the Oklahoma City Thunder with you. But I, I wanted to present this uh, on the way out here to all you guys. And since I am the unmarried of the group, I have not been through a wedding process. And this perspective, especially from a woman's perspective, because this is the way it's presented in the article, is something I wanted to throw in front of you guys. Um, there was a Reddit post on the subreddit thread, Am I the A-hole, that is pretty popular, pretty well known, where a poster put up uh this idea that said he is the best man in his friend's wedding in a few months time he's looking forward to it he's got the speech prepared it's a long way away i had recently had a haircut in a mullet style and posted it on instagram talked about being thrilled to get the haircut and said the bride of the wedding messaged him saying that i should make sure it's gone for the wedding no niceties in the message or other context just a message out of the blue saying that i should have this not have this haircut 
for the wedding so jesse i want to start with you as, as i think one of our longer tenured married people here you and my dad charlotte recent uh wife guy experience over here as we've talked about on this show what was your thought when you saw this headline is she is the bride in the right for this yes absolutely it is tens of thousands of dollars go into weddings it, like i'm assume i mean that's an assumption based on this one you know some weddings are smaller whatever i'm guessing she spent a lot of money on this wedding you spend a lot of money on a photographer he's the best man he's gonna be in the pictures forever and a mullet can grow back so like trim it up and then let it grow back it, almost immediately after. I have no sympathy for this dude who's trying to be like, I feel that it is unfair that I'm being asked to shoot. No, you decided to debut a mullet a couple months before her wedding, and she's like, hell no, brother. And I 100% agree with her. Also, is this really what you want to do, man? Is this the hill you want to die on? Like, you want to start a fight with your best friend's wife? Like, I just have no sympathy for these people. If you have to post an in Am I the Asshole, you're probably an asshole. <laughs> Ah, all right, we're just Charlotte. What do you think, Charlotte? As Charlotte, as someone who was recently married here, I know you had a smaller ceremony here, so maybe not dealing with these kind of problems. But what was your thought here? Uh, I'm gonna hard disagree with you, Jesse. Uh, <laughs> keep things interesting here. First of all, I think people need to have much more of a sense of humor about weddings in general. Secondly, I think weddings take over people's brains and make them act like like very. Uh, they, they become dictators of their own lives and everybody in it. I think that mullets are actually sort of a cool hairstyle now. I think if you're going to have a wedding and you're going to let people be in it, you got to be cool with what hair they have. I think the only mistake that this man made was posting it before he got there. Just show up. If she takes scissors to your hair, then, you know, you can deal with that. Then I think I, I if I were that guy, I would be I would be livid. I think it's a real... I think it's a real dick move on her part to to be like you got to change your hair. So there you go. Little, Listen, we fun could, little we fun could. little tussle. But on he changed lens. his yeah. hair right before her wedding. He we, had normal hair. It's months out. It's he, months out. He had normal Mike, hair. Mike, Mike, we can talk about this on the other side. I know we have to say goodbye to Charlotte because I hard disagree with Jess as well. Oh my hard god, hard disagree. And Gojo with agrees well with me, don't you, Gojo? Well, I, listen, you know what? Coming up, I will give you the interesting plot twist on this from a place of very personal experience on why this should have very little to do with proving a point now and more having some foresight for later. Thank you, Charlotte. Appreciate you, Thanks, bud. Thanks, Charlotte.